Next up on the podcast is Andrew Abrams, who won the Virginia 3A state title at 130 pounds in 1998 for Herndon High School. Andrew is another state champion whose journey began as a freshman in high school. And so he's another example of how even if you don't lace up your wrestling shoes until ninth grade, you can still reach the top of the podium. As always, please leave a rating and review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on YouTube, and let's get rolling. He taught me to get up when I didn't want to get up when I wanted to quit. I had high goals, man. I've always had high goals. And so when I won it, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys are right. It's not the thrill of winning. It's the joy of having that personal goal and being able to achieve that and walk off the mat with your head held high and with your hand up. That just fueled my fire. And I was in every state championship match from there on until I graduated. That was when I really started doing the kind of wrestling that I was capable of. Anybody that steps in the ring and just decides to commit the entire time is a state champion in my in my book. Welcome back to another episode of Back Points, the podcast where top wrestlers and coaches reveal their secrets about how they won state titles in high school wrestling. Very excited to be here today with the 1998 3A state champion from Herndon High School, I believe in the 130-pound weight class, Andrew Abrams. Andrew, thank you for being here on Back Points. My pleasure, Will. Great being here. Did I get that right? Is it were you, you won at 130, right? That is correct. My senior year, 130. So you won the state tournament in what was described to me as the biggest upset of the tournament, where you beat the returning state champ from Great Bridge, a great wrestler, Bruce Fowler. Had you been preparing to wrestle him specifically, or did you not think about who your competition was? Um, well, I wasn't necessarily going through that season thinking of him wrestling him specifically, but I knew he was out there. Um, we had actually um, participated on the national team uh, a year prior, so I was aware of him. I was aware of his credentials, um, but really just took it one match at a time that season and trying to enjoy my senior year. Did you set a goal specifically of winning the title? Yes, I'd say that was certainly a goal, uh, but not specifically. That was really... Uh, you know, I hadn't accomplished winning a state title yet. It was my senior year, so certainly that was one of the motivations of, uh, of that season, whoever it may be that I was wrestling. So some people in high school have a tough time going out and wrestling and enjoying themselves. And I like how you said that you wanted to go out there and enjoy yourself. Was that, was that something that you felt you were able to do in the moment? Or were you, were you nervous? Was there you know, do you feel like you were prepared in a way that allowed you to, to enjoy yourself on the mat? Um, yes, I, I think uh, throughout that season, uh, I had an ability to enjoy myself and really enjoy the process. Um, the nerves were constantly there, though, uh, the anxiety at times, but an overall uh, feeling of satisfaction with the work that I was doing uh, certainly allowed me to enjoy the moment. So let's go back in time for a moment to your early days in wrestling. Um, I've talked to some of your teammates, and I know that, that some of them started wrestling when they were five. As I understand it, I think you started a little later than that. Yeah, that's correct. I started just uh, about a year or two prior to high school. Uh, I was not really aware of organized wrestling throughout my life. Um, 
to me up until about middle school, really wrestling, it was almost WWF uh, type wrestling. So um, that being said, I always enjoyed um, wrestling with, you know, as a child and just more combat sports, you could say. Uh, so there was an opportunity to meet at the high school at the time while I, when I was a, uh, a middle schooler and I was introduced to the, the sport of wrestling. And that was the beginning of, uh, you know, a next, the next four year relationship, really intensely getting into it and just loving every minute of it. So these are my favorite stories. I like, I like hearing about people who started wrestling when they maybe a little late, although it's funny to call middle school or even freshman year late. I mean, you're still a youth and, uh, but, but there's a difference between somebody who starts when they're five and somebody who starts when they're 13 or 14. Um, how would you say your first couple years of wrestling went? Were you automatically immediately good at it? Were you immediately serious about it? Uh, or did it take you a little while to kind of build to that? Uh, the first couple of years, I would say uh, I was immediately good at it. Um, and I was immediately serious at it. Certainly, uh, I've always had a, uh, a competitive spirit about me. Um, so whatever the sport or situation is, uh, I play to win or, you know, I, I set out to accomplish the objective outside the sporting realm. Um, so yes, and I had an inclination uh, and a certain skill level that allowed me, uh, as soon as I began to be considered good. Um, I think the blessing was the people that I was surrounded by, the opportunity for me to, to go to that workshop, summer workshop, and then to meet um, some coaches and peers that would end up being with me and supporting me and facilitating my growth and development over the next four years. So let's dig into that a little more. So what was the summer workshop again? This was a, I, I, you know, I'm not sure. It was a summer workshop that took place at Herndon High School uh, prior to me going to high school. And it was, I'm not sure, I couldn't tell you where we first heard about it. Uh, my father, uh, I, I expressed some interest in going. Uh, I don't think I knew any other individual going there, uh, perhaps, perhaps a friend of mine uh, as well. But we went there, sight unseen, and uh, there just kind of got into the mix. There was uh, some coaching staff. There was some uh, Herndon High School wrestlers there at the time. There might have been some uh, wrestlers that weren't, that weren't associated with Herndon High School, uh, as well as some younger wrestlers um, around my age and even younger. Uh, that were there that were more uh, experienced and more familiar with re the wrestling culture at that time. Did you immediately start wrestling with Matt Gallagher and Peter, Peter Bach? I would say I immediately started wrestling with Matt Gallagher. Um, that was, you know, one of the individuals, Matt Gallagher, as well as his father, um, from that workshop where they recognized me as an individual that might be able to, to work out and to train with Matt. Um, and certainly, you know, Matt Gallagher and, and Mr. Gallagher had all the experience in terms of, you know, the wrestling circuit, the tournaments and the, um, and 
the ability to take the time and actually travel to these tournaments and participate in some of the club leagues. So that was a blessing uh, to be, to, um, to make their acquaintance and to begin working with them. Uh, you know, from that point on, really from that first workshop, uh, began a relationship with the Gallaghers and they would introduce me to different tournaments. And um, if sometimes my father would drive to those tournaments, sometimes Mr. Gallagher would drive to those tournaments. And um, yeah, that really helped build a solid foundation for a successful high school career in wrestling. Um, and then you also mentioned Peter Bach and Peter Bach, uh, he wasn't a, a local um, Virginian at the time. So I believe it's my understanding that his first year in Virginia was his freshman year. Interesting. Um, I, uh, so it sounds like your early days in wrestling started when the Herndon High School put on a summer program, and then you were fortunate enough to be introduced to some people who really brought you along, brought you to tournaments, brought you, you know, introduced you to a great practice partner, I'm assuming, in Matt Gallagher, who also won the state tournament. Um, I believe the year, he was a year younger than you, I believe. Um, yes, that's correct. Yeah, and so so that kind of got you off, it sounds like, on the right foot in the sport. Absolutely, absolutely. So I was grateful for, uh, for those that I was able to surround myself with. Um, yeah, and you mentioned Peter Bach as well. That's an individual that came my freshman year of high school, uh, but certainly he was right around our weight. So whether it be Matt, Peter, or myself, we were workout partners really all four years of high school. And, uh, um, and, I, and that really helped us. Or actually, I guess three years with Matt because he was a year behind us. I, was, I graduated in 98, he graduated in 99. Um, but you know, even throughout that time, I, I could certainly say four years because we were both involved in the club leagues around that. Well, the three of you, I think, were described as the three-headed monster at Herndon for how many uh, opponents you guys beat in succession. And uh, so I think it sounds like you guys were pretty lucky to have each other so close in weight together. Certainly. Certainly. Was Peter, uh, was he always, when he came in as a freshman, was he a new wrestler or had he wrestled for a really long time the way, the way Matt Gallagher had? You know, I'm not sure if he had wrestled for as long as Matt, uh, but I do know that he was uh, very interested and experienced in, uh, in wrestling at that time. So he came in focused to be a part of this team, um, to be a part of Herndon High School wrestling program specifically. Uh, so I'd, I'd have to imagine that he, there was a lot of experience before then, or certainly some experience that his family was also interested in him in participating in. So did you wrestle year round at that point? Um, yeah, I would say so. Certainly it was, uh, I would be training year round I can say that with confidence in terms of wrestling year round. Um, yeah, I, I guess I could say that with confidence too. I mean, certainly the off season uh, where there would be different programs and we would be uh, in the wrestling room. Uh, and if there was a tournaments going on, usually in the off season, now that I recall, it would be more uh, maybe freestyle and Roman Greco wrestling as opposed to uh, high school wrestling. And did you do camps like the Granby camp? Yes, yes. Uh, also participated in the Granby camp. 
Kencerto camp. There was a number of those. And so that was always a nice opportunity to hone your skills, learn some new moves, and also um, see who else was out there, your potential opponents, uh, friends, uh, and just wrestlers, those that in, interested in the same things you were. So do you recall uh, in your progression through high school anything in particular that, that helped you take a, a big step forward in the sport? Um, you know, something that helped you kind of go from what you would consider to be a beginner wrestler or an intermediate wrestler to, uh, to somebody that was capable of, of beating the best wrestlers in the state? Hmm. I can't think of one particular thing, uh, although I will say that really the skill set that helped me excel would be uh, the discipline and the, the program, uh, as well as those around me. I was felt blessed to have the supports, the coaching staff, uh, the support of my teammates. I think we all had a very positive attitude, a very healthy attitude in terms of what it meant to be a champion. Um, it, so, you know, we, we were very interested in, in being the best we could in a healthy way, um, enjoying the process and working hard. So I, I don't think there was a, a certain thing, uh, you know, my workout partners, the fact that they were, uh, they excelled uh, in their own right, that was a great for me. Um, but just the fact that our coaching staff excelled um, in their own right was, uh, was wonderful and uh, was fantastic for my growth and development. Um, but I would really just say it was the focus and maybe the mindset in terms of realizing that it was possible to be uh, a champion um, and then from there, having the inclination to do that, to put in the time, uh, whether it be in the gym, whether it be uh, on the mat, or just really thinking about it and reflecting on matches uh, that, that we've done and figuring out what to do to um, get that edge or to get a little better. Did you, do you recall anything specific that they would have taught you as coaches uh, about how to prepare yourself from a mindset perspective? Um, you know, you, you mentioned that you wanted to succeed in a healthy way. Is there anything that, that, uh, that they did to, uh, to either instill that or guide you in the right direction? Certainly, you know, we had uh, Coach Carl Spinweber and Steve Sabo at Herndon High School. Uh, during my tenure at Herndon High School Wrestling. And in terms of, uh, of what they did, they were very hands-on uh, and masters at, in their craft of coaching. Um, so I can say with confidence that, they've, that they were very interested in not only the physical component, but the mental component of wrestling. Um, whether it be being able to perhaps brush off a loss or temper down um, wins, staying focused on, um, you know, you can have a great match even if you don't win. You can have a bad match uh, even if you do win. So um, it was, I think there was, a, there was a lot in terms of the psychological aspects of their coaching um, as well as the, um, as well as being a champion or just being a successful wrestler in general. 
so we always had a, a good attitude going into or attempted to have a good attitude. Certainly you have good days and bad days, um, but they were able to help us navigate that, uh, I, I think, for the best. I think it's so important to have the view that just because you win a match doesn't mean you wrestled well, and just because you lose a match doesn't mean you wrestled poorly. Uh, I think that goes a long way to getting a good perspective in the right mentality in the sport. Oh, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, certainly, just because you win a match doesn't mean you're wrestling um, at the level you want to. Uh, in fact, if all if, if your goal is winning, you might not be able to get out of that comfort zone and be uh, interested in going head-to-head -head against someone who you know, has the ability to bring you to the next level. So you really need to enjoy or at least get something out of those losses as well as the wins um, because, because I think that's imperative in um, the development of a successful wrestler. I've heard Kerry Colat say that he didn't go into a match thinking about winning or losing. He would go in thinking about different techniques. And what I liked about that is that you control the techniques that you are going to use or test when you go into that match. You really don't control the outcome, the win or the loss. I mean, you, you control certain aspects of that, but ultimately the ref is, you know, going to play a role in whether you win or lose. The, uh, your opponent is going to play a role, but you completely control how you approach your technique and how you approach your math strategy. So it, it's interesting to me to, to, to hear how different coaches prepare their athletes to go in. And, and I think that, that when you have that kind of attitude that it doesn't focus 100% on the final score, it, it really does prepare you to be calm and to, and to approach it with the right mindset. I would agree with that. Uh, I think, you know, you, you can always, it can uh, be a recipe for a disaster if you go in there thinking that you have the strategy and you know exactly what you're gonna need to do to win. Um, you know, every opponent is different. Uh, that opponent and yourself might be feeling different that day. So I think uh, it's very productive uh, in the begin beginning. It's almost like a conversation. Once you get out on the mat, to feel it out, see what the reaction is to this, what sort of technique might be appropriate in that time. Um, timing is a big part of it. How much, you know, how much time is left? Um, how much time are you dealing with? Where are you in the mat? Mat awareness. Uh, there's a lot of different factors that come in uh, that you need to be thinking about. So there's a lot of moving pieces. But if you can get to that point, uh, and you know you your mind is clear enough where you can be thinking about that and just fluid in your actions, um, not singularly, but with your opponent as well. I think that would be, uh, that's the recipe of a, of a good, fun uh, wrestling match. So did you think about nutrition when you were wrestling in high school? Sure. Um, sure, I would, you know, I think back then, uh, I did think about nutrition. Uh, certainly with wrestling, um, weight is an issue, and weight doesn't necessarily reflect health or nut and nutrition. Um, so besides the aspect of making a certain weight where nutrition would be a component, um, there, were, there were aspects of nutrition in terms of eating healthy and eating carbs, um, 
that, uh, that were important and were certainly uh, we thought about. Looking back, um, you know, thinking about all the pizza and burgers and steak and, and uh, pasta that was eaten even days before the match, I'm not sure, um, you know, I'm not sure in terms of my uh, understanding of health and nutrition uh, where I was uh, on that spectrum. But uh, yes, nutrition, health in general, health and nutrition were always a component of what we were doing as we were training and as we were preparing for matches and as we were preparing for the next session. I know that one of your uh, wrestling partners, you know, Matt Gallagher, he cut a fair amount of weight certain years. Did you ever feel like you cut too much weight to get down to a certain weight class? Yeah, I think I think there was times when I knew uh, or that I understood that it was difficult for me to cut weight. And I was cognizant of being in high school in terms of the the cost benefit of cutting weight. Um, so I was uh, I'm grateful enough where um, I would say winning wasn't necessarily such a uh, priority for me where I would be cutting weight to the detriment of my own personal health. Um, but uh, that being said, um, uh, keeping the weight under, under control or keeping tabs on the weight was always important. I never uh, or rarely would I be in weight classes where, I, where cutting weight wasn't an issue at all. It was, I think throughout that time, I was 103 my freshman year. Um, 119 my sophomore year, 125 my junior year, and 130 my um, my senior year. So I believe 103 my freshman year I might have cut the the most amount of weight to to be in that class. But after that, um, you know, although I was always interested in being competitive uh, and always being um, at my prime wrestling weight, um, you know, i.e. working out enough and having the nutrition I needed not to be necessarily overweight or have any any pounds that I didn't need to succeed in what I was uh, setting out to accomplish I never really uh, had to had to cut weight where it was um, hurtful to me or to my to my um, having a psychological effect I mean for me it was never never had to cut weight where it was um, problematic outside of my freshman year. I think I learned that, that lesson maybe throughout my first year of high school, first year of competitive wrestling in high school. What about weight training, um, strength building? Did you do any, anything very organized around building up your strength as a wrestler? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think all four years of uh, wrestling, or I know all four years of wrestling, uh, weight training was a um, was a part of that, was a component of the, the training schedule. Uh, in our high school, I believe I had a weight training class, um, and we also had a, a gym at home, uh, as well as we would do weight training in the summertime associated with our wrestling program. So weight training, um, cardio, of course, um, as well as just the wrestling practice and drilling in general. Did you do cardio year-round? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the cardio at that time, it would be anything from riding a bicycle. It could be a treadmill in the winter, 
I was I always enjoyed running. My freshman year of high school, I also ran cross country. Um, so that was helpful in that cardio and building that uh, endurance during that time. Jump did roping. Feel, did you feel pretty confident in matches that you were, weren't, that cardio and conditioning was not going to be a problem for you? Well, um, I would, you know, in terms of cardio and conditioning, I always knew uh, that our routine and our training schedule, it was uh, uh, rigorous enough where I felt confident that um, that what I was doing, that I was uh, at a certain level, at a, a high level in terms of my cardio and endurance. Uh, but when it comes to wrestling, when it came to my matches, uh, you can always, there's always times when you get winded uh, and there would be times when uh, my opponent may have had, uh, may have been able to last longer. Know, where I where I would get gassed um, so although I felt confident in my training schedule or training regimen uh, you can always you know the reason the motivation for doing that day in and day out is so you don't lose it and you only build on it how big was the team at Herndon when you were wrestling was it was it a full practice room with you know 35 guys was it more than that um, or was it well I'll tell, yeah uh, in terms of uh, with Herndon High School during I guess we'd say the mid mid '90s. Uh, we were all, we always had a, a full practice room. Uh, in fact, you know there was only varsity in our room because we had such a big uh, team in terms of numbers, uh, and in terms of size, and in terms of strength. Uh, the Herndon High School was a very serious wrestling school at that time. Um, so yeah, we had our our, uh, our practice rooms were always filled, even on the weekends. So I want to test your creativity here. So if you were um, going to advise a wrestler today who wanted to win a state title for himself or herself, um, and they could only do one exercise, uh, what, what would that be? What, what's the number one exercise that you think is beneficial in, in training to be a high-level wrestler? Well, um, I would say shadow wrestling. If you if you would label that as an exercise, sure. I mean, jump rope, jump roping, I think was advantageous to me in terms of foot speed, in terms of that cardio and the endurance. Um, but shadow wrestling, you know, assuming that you don't have a partner, the more mat time you can get, the better. If nothing else, just to see, be able to read people's reactions, be able to read your own reactions. If someone does that, you know, someone does a single leg takedown. What is your reaction? Are you moving your right foot back? Are you moving your left foot back? Uh, are you creating a tail with your shoulders? Um, so as much mat time, uh, the more mat time you can get, the better. Um, and when you don't have a mat, I've found it uh, productive in terms of shadow wrestling. We're just really reflecting on a move when you're trying to literally uh, drill that move into your, into your mind so you can do that seamlessly on the mat. I've always found that productive. Um, maybe seeing how your own body moves in terms of a combination uh, or just the, the fluidity of, um, of being able to execute a move. I think that's great. With, with the coronavirus, a lot of guys are not able to get into the wrestling room these days. Um, and, you know, it's a bit of a question kind of exactly when we're going to be able to have partners wrestling each other the way that we're used to. And so we're advocating a lot of shadow wrestling. And I've talked to some other coaches who feel the same way. You know, it's, it really 
you know, if you can only do one thing right now, uh, stance in motion, shadow wrestling is, is really paramount. Absolutely. So, um, did you have any pre-match rituals that you followed that you can recall? I know this is, this is going back some years. Anything come to mind? Um, let's see here. Well, for me, one of these, uh, individuals that before a match, um, you know, although we did have a great crew around us, I would usually seclude myself in some ways, uh, not necessarily get inside my own head, but in a lot of ways, uh, there would be a lot of quiet reflection in terms of what I'm setting out, setting certain objectives for myself, whether it be to um, successfully execute a new move or attempt to approach the match with a, uh, from a different angle in terms of um, defense, uh, offense. Uh, a lot of, some of these more uh, high-profile matches where you're very aware of your opponent or perhaps when you're a senior and you've uh, gone against a certain opponent before, you can tailor your strategy specific to that match, whether it be in the environment, if you're, playing, if you're at home or if you're away. Uh, sometimes these tournaments happen where you get lar large stretches of time before the next match. And then sometimes you have a match you know, within a half an hour of each other. So you really need to make sure that your, uh, your body and your mind is ready for that. So for me, it would, I would find myself before a match, um, usually on my own pacing at times, thinking about what I wanted to accomplish. And then prior to the match, um, stretching. Stretching was always uh, very important to me. Stretching probably about 20 minutes before the match, getting a very good stretch in. And then about 15 minutes before the match, I'm starting to uh, work up that sweat, and get my body temperature where I want it to be. That's great. That's great. I, I, I've always, I always like hearing different pre-match rituals that wrestlers go through. Um, and I think, I think you've outlined a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you, after high school, moved down to New Orleans, and I think that's where you are right now. Um, what, what have you been up to since, uh, since you left Herndon? Let's see here. Since, so since I left Herndon, I finished up, uh, graduated uh, from from uh, Tulane University down here in New Orleans. Then I went to law school at Loyola University. So uh, since the, for the last 10 years, I've been practicing law, doing litigation and intellectual property down here. Um, in the litigation side, I'll do plaintiffs and defense work representing uh, individual, individuals, companies, uh, banks, um, and public bodies. Uh, represented school board parishes throughout Louisiana. Then in the intellectual property side, I've been representing music and uh, musicians and artists uh, in terms of copyright and uh, trademark issues. So I've been doing that. I've also, uh, let's see here, in terms of more philanthropic and not necessarily uh, professional endeavors, I was very interested in international trade and development and education around here. Um, I was able to be a part of a board and spend some time on creating a charter school in New Orleans, uh, Lycée Francais de, de la Nouvelle Orléans. Um, and that is a, a French charter school, pre-K through 12 around here, uh, that not only do you graduate from high school with a high school diploma, but you also have the opportunity to achieve a French baccalaureate. And with this French baccalaureate, you'll, uh, uh, it's a public school, you'll be able to go 
have college uh, in-state tuition uh, in any EU country as well as free tuition in France. So I was uh, happy about that and uh, we got that going just about 10 years ago now as of when I think we got our charter and since then it's been steadily increasing, create, uh, uh, adding more grades to the program uh, and expanding throughout the community. Um, so that's been one of the things I've been involved in. I've been active in the, uh, the New Orleans World Trade Center of New Orleans, which is actually the first World Trade Center in the world was based here in New Orleans, near the Mississippi River downtown. Um, so I've been able to cultivate relationships and just network with individuals uh, in different countries in terms of education, economic development, and the arts. Those sound like fantastic endeavors, and we'll put links to to those the, to the school and the and the other organization in the show notes. Great, thank you. If people want to to learn more about it, they'll be able to 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 click on it. And if there's any and if there are any uh, ways that you want people to get in touch with you, if you want uh, any any wrestlers to to reach out to do business with you, then uh, we can we can include contact information as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining. This has been a great episode of Backpoints, and I know that young wrestlers are going to benefit tremendously from your experience and your story. Well, thanks, Will. It was a pleasure uh, being here with you today, and I look forward to, uh, to all the, the future wrestlers out there doing their thing and, and getting through this coronavirus. I know it's difficult times, but I'm confident that, uh, that it, you know, those, those champions will be using this time for their benefit and uh, only being stronger coming out on the other end. Thanks for listening to Backpoints today. If you want to support the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you find the show. Also, it helps us if you give the show a rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Feel free to also make a donation via Patreon at patreon.com backpoints. Thanks and see you next episode.